On August 27, 2015, Turkey, Greece, and the world lost a brilliant scholar, dedicated educator, and passionate activist when Vangelis Kahriotis, an historian at Boazici University in Istanbul, passed away at the age of 46. Born in Greece, Vangelis had become a fixture on Istanbul's intellectual landscape, organizing and participating in countless conferences and events dedicated to the discussion of pressing issues in the history of the Ottoman Empire and politics of the modern Mediterranean. The friends, family, colleagues, and students he made in Istanbul were deeply saddened by his passing. Those who knew him would not be surprised that when Ottoman History Podcast issued a call for participants in a podcast devoted to discussing the work and legacy of Vangelis Kerriotis, the response was overwhelming. To conclude the year of 2015, we now present the results of that response, a special episode commemorating Vangelis and the unique life he led. What follows is a conversation with his colleagues and students in Istanbul, along with additional memories offered remotely in audio and textual format by his friends and admirers from around the world. Please visit ottomanhistorypodcast.com for links to the text, a complete bibliography of Vangelis' work, visuals, and other materials. And for those who knew or appreciated Vangelis and his work, feel free to leave your comments and thoughts in the blog. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Ottoman History Podcast. We're here to commemorate Vangelis Kahriotis, a professor, a friend, an activist, a major part of Istanbul. And today we have a special podcast in that we've collected quite a few people who's, who've worked with him, have been his students, and um, have been his colleagues. Um, so let's start with just some introductions to say who we are and who's speaking here. Um, I'm Nir Shafir. I'm a frequent host of the Ottoman History Podcast, and I have uh, known Vangelis uh, through Boazici for a few years. Hello, my name is Polina Ivanova. I'm a PhD student at Harvard University in the Department of History. And uh, I've known Vangelis for several years uh, when I was an undergraduate student at Boazici from 2010 to 2012. Hello, this is Nilay. Uh, I'm a PhD candidate from Boazici University, and I know Vangeli Soja from Boazici and also from Tarih Vakfı. Hello, I'm Paolo Girardelli from the Department of History of Boazici University, so both a colleague and a friend of uh, Vangelis. Buket Kitapçı Bayrı, I'm a senior fellow at uh, Research Center uh, of Anatolian uh, Studies, Koç uh, University. I've known Vangelis since 1999, uh, and our interests uh, just um, intersect at many uh, subjects, Byzantium, nationalism, uh, history in the public realm, St. Sophia, etc. Hi, I'm Mehmet Kantel. Uh, I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Washington, and I'm a librarian at the uh, Research Center of Anatolian Civilizations here. Um, and I knew Angelis uh, from um, Boazici. I was a student of his. And then our paths crossed in uh, many different ways in Charivakfu and RCAC. My name is Logan Stenatarbaru. Uh, I know Angelis since his arrival in Istanbul, probably. And uh, we worked uh, together later on a project on the economy and society on both shores of the Aegean and also was uh, visiting students to his uh, course in the Boazici University. 
Hi, this is Zeynep Turkilmaz. I'm uh, a historian. I teach at Dartmouth College. I've known Evangelis since 1999, but we really met again after both of us became Ottomanists. Um, you know, he's been uh, a dear colleague. Uh, this is Bülent Bilmez. Uh, I know Evangelis uh, as a colleague uh, who has been working on the Balkan history, in, in which I was uh, interested as well. Uh, but uh, later on, as a comrade, uh, working in the same political uh, party, organizing uh, seminars, and later on, uh, very closely working with him in the History Foundation. Uh, in the last few years, uh, he has been the uh, vice chair of History Foundation. I would like to begin by discussing Vangelis's contribution to the field of Ottoman history, his works on non-Muslim communities, his works on Balkan history and nationalism, and perhaps we'll start with uh, Zeynep Turkelmas, who can tell us a little bit about the field and um, the place that Vangelis held in this field. I guess since um, 1990s, 2000, uh, we have a new generation of Ottoman historians who are challenging the nationalist historiographies um, from every corner around the Mediterranean. Uh, of course, um, we are dealing with you know, Turkish historiography regarding the Ottoman Empire, but I guess um, Vangelis um, showed us that you can take on more than one nationalism at any given time. And he took on uh, Greek nationalism, Turkish nationalism, and he showed us Ottoman subjecthood uh, was indeed uh, more complicated and complex than um, than it has been. It was often portrayed in the scholarship. So um, his subjects, the people he worked on, the pe- you know, the very person he worked on, you know, um, gained blood and flesh, and you could read these people as real people and not just some 19th century um, um, persona. I guess these are two very important contributions uh, to consider uh, people from the past as real people with complex and complicated ideas, with passions and divided loyalties and um, sometimes contradictory ideas about what to do and making decisions and making choices, several choices, um, with changing conditions. And I think he really showed us the craft of a historian is very important, not just for understanding the past, but also understanding how we can contribute to contemporary debates, um, contemporary politics with our work about, you know, past conditions, past people, past societies, and of especially the violent episodes. Um, and I uh, work on crypto-Christians in the Black Sea, and um, and I know Bülent works on uh, on Balkans, and Vangelis' interests were wide enough to uh, contribute and have conversation and bring us all together to have conversations from different corners of the empire. Regarding his academic work, uh, Actually, uh, I've got a uh, uh, feeling um, more than what he has written, uh, he has done, 
the kind of potential there that he showed always in the conferences. I mean, I'm sure he has got so many unpublished uh, papers on, or in any kind of uh, academic uh, conversation. You could see, yes, this is the guy who is going to produce uh, the best works in the coming uh, years or uh, decades. And then he had that uh, feeling as well. And this very, like, as uh, Zeynep was saying, I mean, he belongs to one generation, which is very kind of, uh, let's say, uh, revisionist in a, in a positive way. But also, I think uh, some there, uh, he had something that uh, differentiated him from uh, many of us, which was his... Um, academic and non-academic uh, activism and then not in a separate world he combined it into each other i mean most of uh, us might have different uh, areas we work on but they, they are usually like in different compartments i mean that's uh, what was uh, always very interesting for me that he did all these things at the same uh, time i mean But I think one of his um, main contributions to our field was to shake uh, rigidity, right? The assumption that there is one history that we need to uncover. I mean, that kind of work has been done in other fields. But there were too many rigidities and certainties uh, about the way we should understand or, you know, assumption that we should understand the history. And I think what Vangelis did was to break these certainties and force us to ask questions and force us to deal with uncertainties and situations that are not clear. Could you just give us like one for the listeners who aren't, you know, haven't read his works, could you just maybe I mean, one example that comes to mind? I mean, I mean his most recent article, right, at Tari Toplum Saltari, right? I mean, um, with all these, uh, you know, political figures, right? I mean, he's talking about Again, the uncertainties, not, you know, whether these people, uh, this person really uh, uh, gave all these, these loyalties, Greek nationalism, Ottoman parliament, Ottoman politics, but, you know, not people at the turn of the century were a lot more complicated, like we are, you know, just like we are making choices. And he brought the choices of people into the history, into our debates. So I think humanization of our subjects, I'm mean, considering these people as real human beings. Um, it's politically very important, it's academically very important, and, um, and um, I think it's a major contribution to our field. Following on uh, Zeynep's uh, remarks, I, I think um, in this sense, uh, breaking uh, challenging rigidities, uh, one of the most uh, inspiring uh, statements that I uh, that I really um, capitalize I mean, in, in, on, of, of uh, uh, Vangelis's scholarship is uh, taking well, bringing in uh, the historical discourse all the ambivalences that are uh, really uh, difficult to deal with sometimes and I I think of a recent, one of his last contributions on Historain uh, 2013. It's this paper called um, Postcolonial Criticism Encounters uh, Late Ottoman Studies. So it is mostly about method, approaches, conceptual um, stances. And he shows really all the nuances that one should consider when when you apply a method that 
was uh, really developed elsewhere, you know, the subaltern studies for Indian, um, um, the study of critical study of Indian colonialism. So when you, uh, yeah, it, it, it has been um, often transferred to the Ottoman context, but then what do you have to, to change? What do you have to think of? One of the most effective messages in this is that you don't really know who is the subaltern sometimes. The subaltern, the role of the, of the subaltern changes. Who is acting like a subaltern? Who is really the subaltern? Who, and, and this dynamics and was so... Uh, it is going to be, I think, what's so inspiring for my work as well. I work mostly on architectural and urban history, but this is a kind of, uh, I mean, it, it introduces uh, the question of representation of um, uh, performance, theatricality, uh, landscape, so who dominates, who is dominated. In, uh, so Vangelis had the, the, the sensitivity really to put, uh, to, to state, I think that this subtlety is very, very clearly, very Um, and the other thing I would like to add, as, as an academic, he was really the most extraordinary organizer that I've ever met, probably. I mean, he could attract, he, was, he had such a magnetic personality, he could attract scholars from all over, even when they were just passing three hours uh, on, a, on a stopover in Istanbul, he would catch them and invite them and he would find the audience and it, it was incredible. I remember at least two instances, uh, Eleni Bastian, who is a Greek um, uh, historian, of archi architectural historian, uh, and uh, Christine Filiu uh, on her holidays, he, he, she was <laughs> caught. And, uh, so... Uh, i think it, it, it really in uh, both uh, conceptually and methodologically but also in a in a very concrete sense as a, as an organizer he contributed immensely to to the field so uh, the economy and society on both shores of Egypt was his uh, probably his first seminars his first uh, workshops which lasted two years and half Uh, he was just started if it started between it was between 2004 and 2007 and uh, we worked with him uh, he, he he he has many facets as everybody is talking here uh, he was of course a good scholar about the greek about the Ottoman history, the Greek Ottoman history, and it, it, he was just perhaps in Istanbul just starting this field uh, at the university and in discussing uh, in, uh, in public, we will say. And one scholar from Turkey, another from Greece, was coming every month for, to discuss the subject. But it was not only... Uh, very scholar uh, seminars. Uh, it also included movies screening. Uh, also, uh, sometimes uh, I think that about the music. Uh, so, as uh, Paolo told, uh, he was uh, a good organizer. He, he was also catching up. We, we were also people who were not really 
part of the seminar, but he was who was passing and just uh, uh, talking to us, to the pupil. And uh, so he he was uh, a good organizer. He was uh, he was a good friend. So he has a very good friendship. So this was a way to catch up also people, I would say. Vangeli was very interested in the Byzantinist, Turkish Byzantinist. Not only me, but uh, in 1999 when I decided to uh, study Byzantine history because I have, I. I Just, um, I mean, in the uh, at Bozic University, we had only Nevrani Cipolu as a Byzantinist, and during her time, Byzantine studies were just like boogeymen. Uh, and then uh, we didn't have the uh, courses to be able to pursue our studies. Like I remember the last year of my, of my BA, there was Anna Stavra Kopulu from Onassis Foundation who came later on. Vangeli also took the same scholarship with whom we learned ancient Greek. Uh, Ece Turnator uh, at that time, Ayşe Özil, who later became uh, modern Greek, I mean, Ottoman Greek community, uh, working on Ottoman Greek community, all of us were initiated at that time by Anna Stavrakopoulou, and we met Vangelis at that time. And we went to different places to our PhDs, but uh, he, we kept in contact. Um, as I'm working on late uh, Byzantine period and working on the transformation of late medieval Anatolia and the Balkans, as I told you, I'm working on neo-martyrs. That's why Zeynep's crypto-Christians interest me, because these texts uh, are highly uh, loaded with nationalistic discourses. So for a late, I mean, I'm a Byzantinist, know a bit about early Ottoman period, Vedics, etc., uh, but I couldn't find my way out from this labyrinth of nationalistic discourse. So uh, I knew that Vangelis was working on it, and he helped me a lot, in fact, to find my way out. Uh, for example, um, he uh, pointed out to a friend of his, Yorgos uh, Chedopoulos, who wrote about... He also wrote about crypto-Christians, but also how these medieval martyrs, Byzantine medieval martyrs, turned into national martyrs of the 19th and 20th century. Um, so maybe we're, we're not, you know, connected uh, as, as um, uh, Byzantinist, but Ottomanist. Uh, he was a great help in that sense. And whenever, uh, you know, I wrote to him, I called him, he was always there, in fact, to answer, to find friends, etc., And then in later periods, he was also interested. I mean, I think when he became a resident of Istanbul, he was also more aware of the Byzantine past. As a Greek person who grew in Greece, um, in his education, Byzantium was there in the official language of, the, of his education. Uh, it's part of the Greek national identity. But living in um, Istanbul, I think he had... Um, a different approach to, let's say, Byzantine uh, background, Byzantine uh, heritage of the city. That's why I think he was interested. I don't know, may, some other people may uh, think differently, but cultural heritage of the city.
bin Christoph Neumann, München Universität in Dame. Wangelis ich Kaipetik, Büg bekaip. Wangelis ibetarich chili. Tarich chilin ikitarafenen Olduno, da bilingete Olan betarich chili. Bitaraf dann akademik arastirma bekide das wärme orangierte Stimme taraf die taraf ähm kamo alanda je alan betaraf die wiki taraf ne bi ibel bitchen die bearia gete die hat da kennen mit pack usunbade bashrama de bitchen de beedni bi olarak shihide uno basharde pushekide de san edasem usun zaman hatlana jack Istanbul da, Kamu Alanda, Tarich Hakenda, Konushan, Betarichi, Ejnebi, Yunan Betarichi. Teminim, Arashtimalarinanda, Hatelane Jade, Buitibarla, Beki, Yazdiklarne, Bearia Getemek, Yeniden, Yein Lamak, Ibifikiole, Belirbeki, Boaz ich universitese jainlare, ja da, tarik wakfe jainlare, jut jainlare, buno, japa belirle, böle odupsa, chokse venere, akademik jamia olarak, hepimesen, basche saosun. Although Vangelis lived and worked mostly in Istanbul, another city that was a major part of his life and of his scholarly career was Smyrna or Izmir. And I know that he did a lot to overcome, again, the nationalist, very strongly nationalist uh, narratives of the history of the city, both on the Greek and the Turkish side of history. So perhaps we can speak a little bit about his work on Smyrna, but also the other port cities of the Mediterranean. Yes, um, Vangelis' uh, engagement in, in re- rewriting, in a way, the history of, of uh, late Ottoman Izmir and um, his contribution of ideas and concepts to also to reconsider the history of other um, Eastern Mediterranean cities was uh, quite uh, remarkable. In this sense, our work get close in many in many occasions. Uh, I also uh, did seminars on the, on the from an urban and architectural point of view. I, I did some graduate seminars on the um, Ottoman port cities. Uh, in one occasion, I invited uh, Vangelis to speak. We, we read one of his uh, papers on uh, on Izmir on the. On the memory, especially, of the, I remember it was especially on the, the memory of the catastrophe and how this memory was constantly uh, reframed, reworked, uh, reworked in, in different uh, political situations uh, in, in modern Greece. Uh, so, under the dictatorship, the 
memory, the, the catastrophe meant certain things. After the dictatorship, it meant other things. So it, it was precisely you know, the, this constant interaction of past and present that made his uh, scholarship on Izmir very uh, attractive. I also um, collaborated with uh, with Vangelis in uh, well in 2012 we realized that our two graduate seminars were uh, so um, complementary in a way they complemented each other uh, I was doing mostly the built environment he was doing mostly social and political history but then we said why don't we converge and the last meeting of our two seminars was done in in uh, in common was joined so all the students of the two courses participated and uh, we had very there, there were also other colleagues there was Meltem Toxos Birai Kolwalo who had published the book on Mediterranean cities to which also Vangelis contributed um, there were um, other scholars who were in Istanbul uh, the there was Molly Green, there was uh, um, Fariba Zarinabaf, um, Helena Frangakis, and almost by accident, uh, Anthony Molo. So it, it was uh, one of those things that really, uh, thanks to Vangelis, one can uh, organize in, uh, in uh, two weeks and, and, and happened. In the, so and in that context, we, I remember we um, really debated uh, notions uh, of cosmopolitanism. What is the cosmopolitanism of these cities? Uh, is it a rhetoric? Is, does it mask uh, some other things? Uh, it, it, it, it, is it uh, connected more or less to economic issues of uh, uh, global capitalism, etc.? And how? And, and uh, so it, all these... Uh, in, in all these ways, I think is uh, it, it focusing on Izmir, of course, but with a range of uh, ideas and, and statements that, that are useful for uh, a variety of other contexts. I don't know how he started. I wish I'd ask him how he started his uh, Izmir, Smyrna project, but I agree with you. I think the questions were, you know, qu- questions about cosmopolitanism and um uh, were you know uh, were particularly of interest to him, and I think that also somehow my you know my gut feeling I never actually asked this to him, but um, you know he was recently moving to Black Sea, and he was again asking very similar questions about you know and he was part of a uh, Black Sea project that is carried out with, you know a joint operation with uh, universities around Black Sea, um, and. Um, I think his personal transformation after he, you know, you know, in his academic life, after he came to Istanbul and settled, and these questions in, in he raised in a, you know, in his scholarship resonated deeply, and I think that really explains his, you know, inspirational contribution to our field. You know, he really felt and believed in what he did, and that connected very deeply to his life, you know, how he lived in the city um, as a, you know, someone who came from Greece, became a local, uh, raised a family, 
and you know um, be- become part of the life. And uh, you know, with cosmopolitanism with it is all positive and neg- negative connotations. He lived it here, um, and I think he successfully um, came up with questions that he sought answers for in the you know earlier period. I always felt that he was experimenting uh, how it was to be a room, like, you know, because in the Ottoman Empire, I mean, I'm not an Ottomanist, but as far as I know, people were moving, you know, from one city, even in the Byzantine Empire, from one city to another. I mean, the Constantinopolitan, you know, Istanbuliot, who was the Istanbuliot anyway? Where did it? So I think in his life, he was experimenting it. A Greek from a mainland or from an island coming to Constantinople, like an Ottoman room, living in Istanbul, taking this a part of it, became an, became an intellectual, you know, of this city, um, as if he's living, <laughs> I don't know, and experimenting what it was to be once in the Ottoman Empire to be a room. I just got that feeling. I mean, his also relation to the past of the city, etc. So I always, I mean, I thought this uh, after I heard this, uh, you know, the sad news about. Um, in a way, he was also reinventing something in his life, and he had a mission. That's why maybe he was that dynamic, that faithful in what he was doing, because um, he was trying to find out what it was to be, you know, how it felt like to be a Greek. I don't know. I may be mistaken, but. Um, I think it wasn't just, you know, an interest in a subject. He was living it, so that's why it made it more powerful uh, in his character and in his. Um, I don't know if I would call it an experiment, but I think he really detested nationalism deeply, and um, so he, um, you know, he was an um, Greek intellectual in the sense that, you know, um, you know, he loved. Greek philosophy. He loved Greek uh, poetry. Actually, last time I saw him, he was talking about how he wanted to teach Rana, you know, Greek poets, you know, Kavavis and others. He was very passionate about that. And I think he set an example with his life, you know, how to, again, complicate these national identities and how we can move beyond national identities, how we can uh, cross borders and how we can embrace things we like and you know, be part of politics that are not, you know, we are not, uh, that are not necessarily designed for us. So in that sense, I think he lived and he wrote and um, he fought for things that were really close to him and he was very passionate about that and I think that explains his, you know, you know, why Vangelis is so crucial and so important and so... Uh, touching all our all of our lives, you know, f- from all different walks of life and different fields and different disciplines. If if we try to do the uh, historian's work and try to contextualize his presence in Istanbul in the uh, in two thousands, I think we should mention that this was the period when the dominant paradigm was um, this multiculturalist philosophy and and the and the atmosphere. And Istanbul, of course, was a was a huge had a huge place in this uh, paradigm 
and of course this was also true in the larger world people were thinking about how how to uh, make it possible for different cultures to coexist how it was possible in the ottoman empire etc and someone being a crit- critical be- being critical of both greek nationalism and turkish nationalism i think it, it would have been very easy for him to be this token person to resident greek in istanbul in the, in the turkish academia uh, who would give um, multiple uh, interviews in daily newspapers and how he would be appreciated by all of this um, by, by the Turkish academia he never fell into that trap I think uh, his presence in Istanbul in, in the social and political life in Istanbul was so critical of all different uh, power power structures of the uh, of, of um, the current power structure but also in the in the history of the Ottoman Empire so he never let himself to be this uh, token of uh, multiculturalist, cosmopolitan Istanbul. And I think that was very important in his critical stance uh, towards the cosmopolitan uh, past as well. I mean, I couldn't agree more, and I think we should really boldly underline that. You know, he really never fell into that kind of an, you know, good Greek uh, cosmopolitan subject. Um, and he managed to keep his distance from all kinds of uh, abuse of um, history and his political presence. A message from Electra Kostopoulou. Vangelis and I met a decade earlier, back in 2004, when I started my doctoral studies at Boazici University. As a Greek student who had just made the impossible choice to study in Turkey by instinct rather than careful thought, I was not really familiar with his work. I decided to take his classes because it seemed to be the natural thing to do. He was one of the very few, one of the first Greek academics teaching late Ottoman history at the Turkish institution at the time, and I was a Greek student aspiring to follow a similar path without really knowing very well what I was doing. so the fact that somebody like Vangelis was teaching at Boazici was great for me and um, it was really nice and promising to have him there. He was a confident teacher but always ready to listen to his, to his students, to question himself and to adjust his views and convictions as needed. And there are many other things one could say about Vangelis Hoja, but his willingness to open himself and his family to his colleagues and students was really remarkable and intertwined, I think, with um, who he was as a scholar. I couldn't think of Vangelis without thinking simultaneously of Jada and Rana, the two beloved women of his life. They were always present and he was always present in their lives and again that was a sign of the harmony between him as a person and him as a teacher and a scholar. One could also refer to his pioneering position as a Greek who not only studied but also lived in modern Turkey 
His insightful analysis of the late Ottoman Empire, which focused on the understudied topic of non-Muslim minorities at a time when very few people in the world were doing so. Vangelis was able to inform Turkey about things Greek and Greeks about things Turkish with the intuition and informed subjectivity in both cases of a true native Vangelis uh, was unique in embracing, appropriating, publicizing and simultaneously questioning a multitude of identities, of often conflicting identities. He was unapologetic about uh, attending church services as a Greek Orthodox Christian living in Istanbul as a member of the minority and simultaneously he was a secular champion of the left who also studied and embraced aspects of Islam. He was a Greek man who loved and married a Turkish woman. He adored Istanbul and he adored Athens so he became an Istanbul and an Athenian by, by choice. Vangelis did not follow Greek-Turkish studies as part of uh, some comparative trend uh, because it was fashionable to do so at the time. He truly experienced both aspects of the comparison by exposing himself to great challenges, to mistakes, um, by following a constant process of learning. And it takes for somebody with true humility and true confidence to do that. He constantly questioned and tried to improve himself as his student, as somebody troubled by my own intellectual arrogance and um, somewhat elitist, one would say in stiff detest for the collective, for collective identities. I have and will continue to learn a lot from who Vangelis was, from his scholarship and from his presence as a mentor, as a teacher, as a friend. He was my former Hoja and he was my friend who taught me how to think differently, for which I will be forever grateful. Maybe this is a good time to talk about his uh, the exhibit that he organized. Um, the exhibit he helped organize, Istanbul World City. Maybe Nilay, can you, can you explain this? You know how he, what he did with this exhibit and changes. Uh, so, as far as I know, Tarih Vakfı had an exhibition for Habitat, the second Habitat, held in Istanbul in 1996. Istanbul. Uh, as a world city and it was reorganized and redisplayed in uh, Galata Rum Mektebi and Vangelis Hoca was very active in uh, in this organization and he encouraged his students including me to work in this project uh, so we took part in uh, redisplaying this uh, wonderful exhibition and also uh, it has a critical standing point uh, because the the the aim of the project, the initial aim of the project was to create a city museum for Istanbul. 
and uh, to display its history from a critical Uh, critical distance, but this dream never came true because of many political and other reasons. So um, this exhibition was also a manifestation for the lack of city museum in Istanbul. And I think it was, uh, even though the exhibition was repeating itself, uh, it was a great success and also attracted many uh, visitors and created a discussion. So uh, I was very happy to be a part of this uh, organization. Maybe Paolo Hoca can add more to this. Yes, I, I think the venue also of the exhibition was interesting because it was the, a, a Greek Orthodox school that had been uh, recently, I think, restituted to the to the uh, Greek community. So the all this. Uh, problematic behind of dispossession of the minorities and then the reappropriation. So not by chance, I think, a, a, an exhibition that contained a political message about the necessity of uh, dealing with the past, of dealing critically with, uh, with the past of Istanbul that took place in this uh, venue, in this uh, Greek school that is still uh, an important part of the cultural life of, of uh, Istanbul, uh, part of the Biennale are, are uh, organized there. And the main idea, as Nilay said, was to uh, react to this uh, uh, unfortunate uh, neglect of the of the project of the city museum uh, which resulted from uh, several factors i would say i mean it It, it was really the period of uh, also of Gezi of the Gezi protest. It was a period when the the city was more and more under attack by uh, economic forces that uh, no one could uh, really clearly understand and, and control and react to. So uh, this this exhibition came. In a, in a crucial uh, moment, it was complemented, in fact, that it was not only purely and simply redisplaying the same materials, there was an addition to it uh, about uh, the recent urban sprawling and uh, all sorts of uh, um, nonsensical uh, uh, speculation and environments created by this uh, um, economic um, concerns rather than by uh, the interest in the future of the city. So it I would like to add the first... Uh venue for the exhibition was Darpane in the Topkapı Palace which was a, a Darpane is the, the official mint of the uh, Ottoman Empire which was uh, within the walls of the Topkapı Palace, the main palace of the empire. So that uh, historical place was aimed at uh, like being converted into a city museum by Tarih Vakfı but it, uh, it couldn't happen. Uh, so that was also a criticism for this unfortunate uh, 
um, incident, I would say. And I also would like to add uh, this exhibition also created uh, many discussions and uh, it was not only an exhibition but um, a series of conferences uh, was held in in the uh, in the Galata Rum Mektebi where the, the city, its history, its future, Gezi, dystopias, utopias were being discussed. Uh, so it, it also created uh, this series of discussions on the city. Uh, I think I must uh, intervene here. Uh, as a uh, friend of uh, Vank, I don't want to fall into a trap of uh, mythologizing uh, his uh, life uh, like because we should uh, tell the accurate uh, history, pr proper history, first of all. I mean, for Mangelis played a very key role. In the, uh, he was It was his idea, uh, uh, the room Mektebi. And then, uh, of course, from the beginning on, Istanbul uh, he, uh, is something he was very interested in as an activist, as an ac academic. But also, he was the vice chair of uh, Tarif Vakbe. And then this whole idea... I mean, it's not today to talk about it because uh, we are talking about Vangelis, but uh, the uh, relation of this event and the uh, Vangelis must be put uh, correctly that uh, so that this is also registered by history correctly. Uh, Vangelis, uh, uh, I mean, this um, uh, project was from the beginning to the end was uh, uh, organized uh, in all details by the the uh, general mudur of the history uh, foundation Munever uh, Eminolu and then uh, me as the chair Vangelis as the vice chair and then there are so many other people we ran after her like to to to, to kind of realize that uh, that uh, project and then uh, one more thing uh, Vangelis we, we must I must tell you Vangelis was the best co uh, collaborator of Minever Eminolo while uh, doing this from the beginning uh, to the end that's uh, that's true and then it was also important that that, that uh, period was uh, uh, I mean it did become uh, important later on when we st uh, started thinking about this it was because of just practical reasons one more technical uh, addition is important it was not the, the reopening of the previous one it was partial and a very small part of it uh, was uh, exhibited again. Perhaps just to give a, a small anecdotal uh, detail in, in history, um, while you were running after her, Minavarimnolu, she fell down in the stairs of uh, room uh, Mektebi and broke her arm just at the day of the open, opening of the uh, exhibition. So. Ben Ece Turnator. Vangelis'le ben Boğaziçi Üniversitesi Tarihi Bölümünde Bizans tarihi üzerine yüksek lisans yaparken kendisi de Sabancı Üniversitesi'nde çalışmaya geldiğinde zannediyorum 2000-2001 o civarlarda ilk defa tanıştık. Zannediyorum Vangelis'in İstanbul'a ilk gelişi onun hayatını değiştirdi. Tarihe bakış açısını, tarihçiliğini, hayata bakış açısını, 
ve bizatihi hayatını değiştirdi. Tabi bu değişimde eşi Ceyda'nın ve birbirlerine olan sevgilerinin çok büyük rolü vardır. Hani iki insan birbirini sevmiş, evlenmiş bunu da sıra dışılık görmeyebiliriz. Ama düşünün ki 2000'li yılların Türkiye'sinde, İstanbul'unda yakışıklı genç bir Rum delikanlısıyla güzel Müslüman bir Türk kızının birlikteliği aslında son derece sıra dışı bir birliktelik. Bence bu sıra dışılık onların ilişkisini tarif eden bir kelime. 1960'lar sonrası Türkiye'sinde böyle bir ilişkinin sıradan olabilmesini gerektiren koşullar tamamen ortadan kalktı. Hatta gitti gitti. Ben e, Rana'nın saçlarını böyle isyan kızılı olmasını da birazcık bu annesiyle babasının ve iki hepsinin ilişkilerinin e, sıra dışılığına bağlıyorum. Hani böyle ilişki olmaz diyenlere, garip bulanlara, garip seyenlere Rana varlığıyla, kızıl saçlarıyla gayet güzel cevap verdi, veriyor. Vangelis Ceyda Mu dediği Ceyda'sını çok sevdi. Evangelis'le ilgili en parlak anılarımdan bir tanesi, erken anılarımdan bir tanesi. Boğaziçi Üniversitesi Kuzey Kampüsü giriş kapısının altında gözlerinin içi gülerek Ceyda'yı nasıl sevdiğini, Ceyda'ya gönlünü verdiğini söylemesiydi. Evangelis'in kızı Rana'ya olan sevgisi bence tarifsiz. En azından ben tarif edemem. Sevgisi, Facebook'ta bir tane fotoğraf var. İstanbul'da vapurda çekilmiş bir fotoğraf var. Vangelis ile şey, Rana birlikteler o fotoğrafta. Bence o fotoğraf biraz yaklaşıyor o sevgiyi anlatmaya. Vangelis, Amanda ile beni Boston'da ziyarete geldiği gün, o günü hatırlıyorum... Sürekli Rana'dan bahsetti. Rana ile nasıl gurur duyduğundan, onu nasıl sevdiğinden, Rana'nın işte İngil şey Türkçe ile Yunanca arasında nasıl rahat iki dünya arasında ve iki dil arasında nasıl rahat gidip gelebildiğini gururla gözleri böyle yine gülerek anlattı. Onu da hatırlıyorum. Cümle alem Vangelisi çok özleyeceğiz. Rana'sıyla, Ceyda'sıyla dostları olarak hepimiz birbirimize sarılarak bu kubbede biz biz de Vangelis Paşa kadar olmasa da hep birlikte bir hoş seda bırakmaya çalışacağız. Teşekkürler. I think that one of the important ways in which Vangelis was also a citizen of Istanbul was his great sense of social responsibility before 
everything that was happening in the city, in the country as well. And we already began to speak about it as we talked about the exhibition. Many of you will know that Vangelis was very active during the Gezu protests and that he was he felt very inspired. And I would like to quote a part of um, an email that I received from him just some weeks after Gezi. He says, Indeed, Turkey is a country full of surprises, but the energy unleashed is transforming us to be better people, less peaceful, less focused, but definitely better people. Most of my academic work seems utterly irrelevant at such moments. Luckily, I have found refuge to public history. History writing as activism is the only meaningful message that I can convey these days. So with that, perhaps we can open another discussion about Vangelis also as a public intellectual, as an activist. Uh, maybe I can uh, start by combine, combining all those different things you talked about with his uh, activism. Uh, I mean, Mehmet, I think, has put it uh, very well. Sometimes we express it by saying that he was like different, his way of activism, activism different, his uh, scholarship was different. Sometimes we call it uh, natural and everything. Ma uh, what strikes me about his academic work, which will tell us much about his uh, activism, which I also I uh, recently recognized, is that I don't think he... Did do his th the doing these uh, these things like first theorizing it or uh, to make it a big ideology out of these uh, these things? He worked on these things. He was very well uh, aware of it. But for example, for me, it was it's always a, a kind of a mystery his way of dealing with uh, identities. I don't think he was like doing this as as a, uh, he, he wasn't seeing his life as a project as a kind of Uh, uh, life that uh, is an alternative to the uh, ethnocentric or any kind of identity project, current identity projects. He just lived. I just lived it as he, he wanted. And then what came out? Yes, we are talking about uh, about what uh, came out. What came out was yes, uh, uh, activism, and this came out. Uh, Quite later, I remember it's very uh, interesting. Again, uh, his academic work. I remember that when I met him first in uh, uh, in Sofia, 2005, he was invited there as somebody, a kind of uh, who's a kind of expert on Balkan history, nationalism, identity question. But years later, when we worked together, he constantly talked about public history, methodology, theory. I mean, I didn't, uh, like, I, it's not a shift, of course. He worked on these things as well, but I, I don't know. Maybe other colleagues know better whether this uh, uh, came later with his uh, activism. One more thing about his activism. It's very uh, uh, interesting. That's what I have been, uh, I told in uh, the ceremony we held at Tarifakwa. I mean, uh, most of us who kind of, are kind of engaged in some different uh, public activism, have got a, a, a different politicization uh, process. We have gone through different uh, experiences. And actually, Vangelis was really not experienced in these things. The way how he did, again, he was in a positive way. He was, there was, he was doing it like as if he was doing it for the first time. And he was saying it when he was... A member of the political party, when it was there, like like a small child, 
seeing it for the first time, becoming a part of it, oh, there's a thing, but it was very important. He, was, he had that kind of internal principles in him. Of course, intellectually, he knew all, all, all these things. And I think that uh, it made him very interesting, very attractive for many uh, uh, people. And there is something in this uh, guy, very conscious, but also unconscious at the same uh, time. He didn't put it in that way. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. And his uh, activism was very much, again, combining with it, very much related to Istanbul. He was so... And uh, again, uh, his relation with uh, Istanbul. He was not doing as a... I know many people, expats coming from different countries, living in this thing. He didn't... He was not there because of his family as well. He was an Istanbul. Though. I mean, we, you got, go, we went out to Halic. We, we uh, drank uh, Raku. As, I mean, he was as foreigner as me. I was as Istanbul as him because we were both uh, outsiders. I mean, you, you couldn't... Uh, see it. Only his accent said it, but my Turkish accent is not different. I mean, in that sense, immediately they tell me I'm not Turkish. Uh, that's the that that's again again is uh, activism during uh, the political uh, membership of the political party and uh, Gezi process. It's also very interesting that strange. He, he was quite brave in in in many ways. I mean, intellectually brave. There are so many moments that I thought. Oh, just a moment. I mean, think twice uh, writing about this. These radical, uh, radical articles. I mean, you come here, okay, you are, you can be maybe very like Istanbul and everything you may have, you may have become. But he was uh, saying very brave things about Greece, and I would be uh, uh, scared really. My Greek colleagues reading there and then saying, "What is he talking about?" He was following from here, and he lived in both countries at the same time. You could see it. that braveness came again from his. Childness, baby, I don't know. Uh, I must uh, tell this to you because this is something that uh, we share with him uh, as well. Uh, actually, the name of the party was Eşitlik ve Demokrasi Partisi, EDP. But officially, uh, for us, the name of the party was Ferdan's uh, party. Uh, Ferdan Ergut, a very good uh, colleague, a historian uh, from Ankara. Uh, he was the leader of the party. I, I'm I've never been interested in uh, legal parties. Uh, neither uh, has he been uh, ever. And then we apparently we discovered we, when we met years after he was he has uh, made a kind of a member of this party by use of his organizational uh, skills. Ferdinand introduced him to talk at one thing. Next time he organized one other one, and then we found him ourselves. And this was not peripheral. Role. I mean, he came to the meetings, he was uh, listened. If Tariq Vakbu were not there, he would be really playing active role in uh, uh, the council of the party, party majesty, and uh, he was very respected uh, there as well. Of course, very much loved as well because of this rather uh, nationalistic love of the Turkish people for any any uh, person with a, a Greek accent or uh, Armenian uh, accent, they like that. If you do it in, with Kurdish accent, it's not that uh, the, uh, that nice. But he, he when he was there, again, to be honest, now this is something that I'm saying spontaneously. Actually, it's very brave. I mean, politics, leftist politics in Turkey is like awful. I mean, you go to this, so many capricious people, so many complicated issues. He goes there. Really, again, that only a child could do that. He goes there and then he just starts telling his uh, uh, ideas and everything. He was very much uh, engaged in the different discussions. And it's very interesting for me that he was saying uh, he found in 
this uh, uh, party the new left. And I was surprised later on because he has never been an old left. He knew very well though. He, he, he knew it very well and he knew it was it's not a solution and everything. And uh, later on this party turned into Yeşiller ve Gelecek Partisi the Greens and the uh, left future. And there the only reason why he like gradually he uh, he was gradually less engaged was really uh, his uh, full engagement in uh, Tarif Akba. But I hope because the party did uh, uh, write about him as well. Uh, I, I hope this will not be forgotten, and then more people will tell anecdotes uh, about uh, his life uh, there as well. An anecdote about Yeşiller ve Sol Partisi. Uh, the week <laughs> Sol Gelecek Partisi, pardon. Yeşiller. <laughs> so, okay. uh, when Syriza came to power, they called him and Foti Benlisoy, I think, for a talk at uh, Yeşiller ve Sol Gelecek Partisi. And we met on Istiklal. I was about to go to a talk. In fact, I confused the date. It would be in a week time. And he knew that it would be in a week time. He said, you confuse the date, but come with me to Ye- Yeşiller. So probably that's how he, you know, <laughs> attracted, <Yeah>. organized <laughs> people. <laughs> so I was organized to go Yeşiller ve Sol Gelecek Partisi, Sriza talk. Uh, I met new people. Uh, it was very interesting because... He asked me, what do you think about Syriza? And, uh, you know, Foti Benlisoy uh, started from Che, you know, this uh, socialism and that, you know, everybody was very um, hopeful for the future, Sol Gelecek. Uh, and then he asked me, what do you think? I said, um, I'm afraid. Why? Because do you know, do you think if they have a plan or a program? Um, I don't know. Uh, and I said, what would they do? I mean, you know, I was talking about, uh, did they have, do you have any, you know, project of how to balance the public uh, expenses, etc., etc.? And he told me, um, please stop, because fakire akıl veren çok olur. And then I said, okay, I'm sorry. And so. Uh, this is how he organized, and this is how he approached, you know. Uh, he was a romantic also, if I might say. Vlad uh, said um, a child, but a, a romantic also. Um, perhaps um, one uh, other thing on, this, on his relationship to what's been going on in Greece in the last few months. I mean, Sriza's come to power, um, and all the negotiations with um, the moneylenders, etc. He was he he was sick during that time, and and um, but he was very active in following this and also reporting on what's going on in Greece to Turkish media. He, I think, he wrote weekly articles for a period like for a month or something. Uh, he had four or five long articles published in newspapers, and one thing uh, that he wrote, I think, it was. Just before the elections, people knew that Syriza would come, uh, I mean, would turn out to be strong after the elections. We didn't know how strong. But he said, um, I'd, I mean, he wrote that it's not whether, I mean, it's not really important whether the Syriza will accomplish the uh, revolution that we were all looking for. But uh, they, will, they already began uh, this moral revolution that Greece was in dire need. And I think that was very important and that resonated 
a lot to many, many uh, people who are not happy with the conditions in Turkey as well in the current state of affairs. Of course, Syriza um, quickly disappointed many people, but that his vision uh, still resonates, and I think that's that's very important. Um, and I think that tells a lot about his involvement, his engagement with activism and pol- politics in general. That moral character of of things, of doing things. So, uh, so we have in front of us a postcard memorial for uh, Vangelis Kehriotis. It's yeah, it's in the Toplum Saltari of this month. This is uh, why I brought this out was uh, his uh, about his activism. This is not about uh, Tarik Bakva. We had during the Gezi uh, protests, we had uh, one uh, event. I don't remember what it was uh, about. And then uh, we went out after the. Uh, it was about Istanbul anyway. And then we went out and then uh, with our presenters, with like prominent uh, senior uh, scholars, we marched to Taksim uh, Square. And then uh, Wang was holding the, the uh, flag together with. Uh, Uh, another uh, person, and he always stood uh, in uh, front. And again, I mean, this is a delicate issue in Turkey in these things. If you are experienced, you know very well, like, you shouldn't, uh, you are not supposed to look so eager, you are not supposed to be so, uh, like, staying, uh, withdraw yourself from it. Uh, and this this is... Uh, Like spontaneously was chosen out of many uh, pictures for uh, this year. Uh, what uh, under the picture we see his certain, uh, name and uh, surname. We were not sure about his birthplace because um, he kept talking about this, uh, Spiros, the island where he, uh, his family is from. And then uh, we had to call a few uh, people to find out. And then it was very important to. Uh, put here that he was born in Athens, but. Uh, Uh, chose Istanbul to live and do it to be buried. That's what uh, he said uh, after when he was asked. And then behind the card, uh, we can see uh, about his life and then about what he means to uh, Tarif Akbe. Just a couple of uh, additions uh, to Vangelis Hoca's activism because he was a role model for us. And I think he redefined the the role of academics and historians and showed us this uh, us that academics are not trapped only in academia and they have social responsibilities and he was very transparent about his ideas his ideologies and his uh, reactions uh, towards politics so I, i i always followed him on social media his articles uh, and uh, his programs in achik radio uh, so he was uh, he was very uh, critical about what's going on and always opened up new perspectives for us and uh, showed how historians or academics could be involved in uh, in current politics. Uh, so that was really important for us. Uh, one more thing that uh, could be remembered about his uh, engagement uh, for human rights and uh, it was uh, his deep involvement with uh, the Rant Dink Foundation also. Uh, 
uh, we have at Boazic University, we have a Rant Dink Memorial uh, Lecture that is uh, held every year. And Vangelis was on the board um, you know, selecting, well, proposing who should be invited. And we had we have had every year very prominent uh, names in the field of, uh, of uh, uh, fight for uh, and the theory of uh, human rights and freedom of expression. So um, I think another name to be mentioned in um, Vangelis's life and his relationship with uh, activism is Shema Özcan. There was this, um, I mean, people, after we learned the sad news, people were sharing this on Facebook, um, his passing away. And a friend of mine who was who was a graduate of uh, Boazic history uh, just had, had one-line comment when he was sharing this uh, news. And he said, we should ask Shea Mausjan uh, what kind of a person Wangelis was. Uh, so uh, Shema was a, a student in, in the history department And during uh, 2011, when there was a series of arrests against uh, politically active students in different universities, she was also arrested. And I think Wangelis, among many, many uh, Turkish uh, self-acclaimed revolutionary uh, professors in, in Boazici, he was the leading person who uh, fought uh, for Shema's and other uh, students' rights. Uh, he made it possible for her to take exams uh, while she was still under arrest. Um, and he tried to raise a uh, voice uh, on this. Um, I, I Actually, I was, I was not in Turkey during that time, but I, of course I was very worried. And I shared the news uh, of this, of her taking exam under uh, the surveillance of the, of the uh, armed forces in a kind of an ironic way in and social media and because he was deeply involved with this uh, he sent me a message he, because he saw my post and he was offended uh, on my, with my uh, ironic tone and of course I was I didn't have any negative uh, comments against what they were trying to do I was just very angry that all, of all the uh, things that was going on in Turkey uh, but because he was so deeply involved with, with What's, what was going on, he, he thought I was uh, saying something bad. Uh, another thing he did was he was, again, a leading organizer in GIT, uh, the uh, Initiative for Academic Freedoms in Turkey, um, academic freedoms of students, but also of professors. Uh, he was a leading voice in that organization as well. I would like to add a very small memory during Gezi protests, Vangelis used to call his students in the evening to ask, are you okay? Hello, my name is Ayla Jean Yakli and I am a journalist covering Turkey for Reuters. I would like to share a memory I have of Vangelis from a conference we both attended in 2012 in the town of Abant. It was a meeting of journalists, academics, and others that was organized by followers of a certain Pennsylvania-based preacher, at the time an influential religious movement that was close to the government. During this period, an unprecedented number of people, thousands from many walks of life, 
were in detention on political charges, arrested by police and charged by courts that were dominated by members of that same religious group. Among those detained was Vangelis' student, another was his colleague. During the discussion at the conference, in a manner that was at once measured and forceful, Vangelis expressed his deep anxiety over these arbitrary detentions and the ensuing climate of academic censorship in Turkey. And the crowd listened. It was a brave and powerful act. That moment captures some of the best qualities of Vangelis, I think. Vangelis was an impressive scholar, but one who transcended academia's boundaries. He saw the links between history and the current state of affairs and the impact these events have on people now. He had a strong sense of justice, but he also had the skills of a diplomat, and that allowed him to communicate difficult topics to audiences that may not always want to hear them. Vangelis was a very generous friend, indulging me in interviews and conversations, even a request to audit one of his classes. His patient instruction during those encounters informed my work as a journalist immeasurably. I wish I could have repaid him somehow. What a good friend. What an inspiring teacher. We will miss you very much, Vangelis. Maybe with that we should we can talk about Vangelis as a teacher. Um, and for those of you that were his students, maybe you have some recollections, some uh, you know one or two memories of him that you'd like to share. Um, Vangelis joined the the history department of Boazici University in uh, 2003 after having had uh, an academic experience at Sabanji University. I remember that. When he came, after he came, uh, there were some uh, um, jokes, um, humorous remarks about the fact that our department was really becoming Ottoman because we had uh, the Italian Levantine, which <laughs> myself and then the room, <laughs> the, the the Greek Orthodox Ottoman in in in, in the. Um, in the following years, uh, many other uh, people enriched this picture, this uh, scenario. So I, well, that is a joke, but um, I must say that with um, with the fact that he joined the department, that he uh, was engaged uh, in that kind of scholarship, for me, uh, really meant a lot. After he became part of the and such an integral part of the department, I really felt that I was in the right place, that it was really the kind of dialogue that I, I should pursue. Our, our um, fields were slightly different. Uh, I, I, I was uh, enjoyed the department mostly as, as an art and architectural historian. But uh, what brought us um, together were 
most of all the students, I would say. So as I already mentioned, so the, these experiences uh, bringing together students of the two seminars. But beyond this, um, so many uh, initiatives uh, around the city, for instance, our tours of the of Bayolo. I'm very happy that this conversation is being held in Bayolo because for Vangelis, it, it was really so uh, important. And for me, it, Bayolo was another thing that that united us. Uh, so I have so many uh, wonderful memories of uh, places that would be normally inaccessible and became accessible uh, thanks to Vangelis, um, f- for my students, for his students. Uh, so we went to... <clears throat> to the Greek Patriarchate, of course. Uh, we strolled around uh, Bayolo, entering uh, all these uh, landmarks, these, these buildings that were part um, of uh, uh, a social network, that were part of the, of the, really, of the late Ottoman social fabric of the city. In the department, Vangelis had also some uh, administrative uh, uh, responsibilities as an advisor for um, um, several years as, as a student advisor. Uh, he uh, taught courses that were really crucial for uh, introducing students to a critical um, approach to the past. So first year, core, very crowded first year courses about um, <clears throat> historical method and thought. Um, and then courses that I also uh, taught after Vangelis on uh, on um, broad overview of, uh, of European uh, history from the Renaissance to to the French Revolution. So all this uh, the, this activity for the undergraduates, I think in particular, was uh, uh, extremely beneficial in perspective. I think that now we have, uh, uh, thanks to Vangelis, we, we were able to train uh, a group of of, of students who are now uh, doing uh, their masters, their their PhDs, uh, and uh, and who will uh, will never forget what Vangelis has taught them. A message from Oya Panjarol. I think most of us would agree that Vangelis exceeded us, his colleagues and friends, in ways that are hard to describe. It seemed to so many of us as if he had boundless energy. But I think it was really that his mind was always so sharply focused. And he was always guided by an innate sense of goodwill. This is certainly true of his scholarship, and I'm sure others uh, are commenting on that. But it was also evident to me in his approach to difficult situations that naturally, but often unexpectedly, arose in the university context. As a fellow undergraduate student advisor in the history department during the last several years, I have many memories of Vangelis' calm way of dealing with student crises 
and I found his support in such situations to be invaluable, both to me uh, in the short run and also insightful for all of us, students and faculty in the long run. Vangelis engaged the hearts and minds uh, of not only the so-called good students, those who are academically dedicated and focused, but also of those who struggled and wanted to say maybe even transgressed the norms every now and then. Where most would throw in the towel, Vangelis always persisted in these situations, and even if he couldn't fix the situation, he would somehow make it manageable. He absolutely had the gift of positive uh, and open dialogue, and that always made its impact in all contexts. He will be missed. His spirit and legacy will live on, probably in more way, many ways than we're able to realize. So uh, I participated to Vangelis classes in uh, 2005, probably, uh, as a visiting student. And um, he was new at that time, and he was very anxious. He took very seriously his courses, and uh, he was very anxious to, to be good enough for the students. Uh, and um, one thing that is Paolo told, he, he was not just uh, a man uh, or an academician who was working just on the uh, theory or, or on the articles. He was meeting people of the Greek community and he was bringing the students with him uh, to experience these sites and to know more about it. And uh, of course, uh, and several places which are not accessible to students uh, became uh, accessible. And it was also, uh, I think that he was a patient of his work, but also he was a way of living, of his living, because uh, this, all these uh, tools were also accompanied by uh, lunches or dinners uh, to talk uh, on, on the subject of today. So I think that Vangelis was, uh, he was experiencing the city. He was uh, he was also somebody from this geography. He was he, he could not live really in Europe. I think he he likes to be uh, in Istanbul. He likes to be a, uh, an Adalı. He likes to be uh, an, uh, from Izmir. So uh, he was somebody from this geography who who is not only teaching but also dealing with other things. Uh, and I think that this is one of the reasons why, why he was in the Tarih uh, Vakfı and uh, also uh, interested in different fields also. I think he was an excellent teacher and very supportive of his students and very interested of their research, always following up. And in my last visit to him, even though he was sick, he asked me about my research, you know, made recommendations. So he was very supportive. I, I know from many other students how he's encouraging us to participate in uh, writing and lecturing and 
uh, attending to conferences, I just wanted to read uh, his uh, email to his students uh, because I think it basically summarizes his uh, standing as a teacher and an, as an excellent person. Um, respect other people's lives, ideas, emotions as much as you respect your own. Do not uncritically accept anything others tell you, especially when they speak from the position of authority. You can always do better than other people if you listen to them before choosing your own path. Retain your bonds of solidarity and collective attitude and share with your peers ideas and emotions. And finally, act promptly. We spoke a lot about Vangelis's love for Istanbul, and I think as a teacher, one of the things that he did for us, his students, is he also taught us how to love and appreciate Istanbul uh, together with him. In 2011 and 12, I took a year-long seminar with him, which focused on the history of non-Muslims in the Ottoman Empire, but truly, partly it was also on the history of Istanbul, because almost every week uh, together we walked the streets of Istanbul, and it's already been mentioned, we went to the Greek patriarchate, we went to Greek and Armenian schools, we went to cemeteries, we went to all kinds of places that otherwise would have been close to us, and perhaps otherwise we would not have known of. And one of the things that he taught us was this amazing curiosity Because after the course was over, I think every one of us continued to take the same kinds of trips. And we knew that he would be curious as well. So every time I discovered something new in Istanbul, some tombstone that I saw that I thought was interesting, immediately the first thing that would come to mind is, I'm going to take a picture and uh, send it to Vangelis, because he would be interested as well, and he would like that. Uh, I wasn't here during Gezi, uh, I mean, or it's the uh, it's peak, Uh, I was away, but uh, I came right after, in the aftermath, and I met with uh, Vangeli Soja because we haven't seen each other for some time, and uh, we had lunch some uh, in, in in Galata, and then there was this protest going on in Taksim. Of, of course, in those days, every day was a different protest, and we um, we participated to that. Before we even met with the huge crowd, uh, the police attacked and we started running away from, I mean, in the streets that he normally takes his students to uh, to see, to um, walk around Beyoğlu. Uh, so we uh, we ran in Çukurcuma, we ran in uh, Topane. We were afraid, we were scared, we were, uh, I mean, we were scared of the police, we were scared of the armed crowds of Topane, so we were trying to find our way. Um, we were also two students of uh, Istanbul. We were also quite um, anxious uh, about what was going on in Istanbul, but we were also quite... Um, um, we were wondering about the Istanbul's past as well, so we were talking in the same time we were running from the police. And actually, just and he was really scared. So I saw that in his eyes, and we were uh, we actually hid in a um, in an office that uh, he knows. Um, and he there he called his wife. I didn't listen to what they spoke, but two days ago during the commemoration event at Taiwakfu, she told me what they were speaking over the phone that day. And 
And uh, apparently one guild soldier said these, uh, I mean, he was, um, uh, he meant me and some other friends I have uh, with me. He said, these young kids, they're really scared of the police. So I can't come back uh, home because, <laughs> because they are so scared. I, I'm, I, I'm not able to leave them here. Uh, so... Uh, uh, This is Özge Ertem, the former head librarian of the RCAC, where Vangelis Hoca was a senior fellow last year. First of all, I would like to thank Nir Shafir, Polina Ivanova and the whole Ottoman History Podcast team for creating this opportunity. This is especially important to me because I am one of those people who learned the news of our loss when we were far away from Istanbul. We wished a lot we could be there with the beloved ones of Vangelis. I am deeply sad, but... I feel very lucky also that I had the chance to meet such a beautiful person, a decent professor and his wonderful family. Unfortunately, I did not have the chance to be a student of Vangelis Hoca in the university, but even in the rather short period that I met him and his family, I feel I learned a lot from him. And in fact, I still do, especially reading many stories about his life, about how his unique and decent personality touched the lives of many. Uh, last week, uh, I attended the class uh, of a Greek language preceptor, uh, Vasily Kirapti, at Harvard University, and she knew Vangelis Hoca. And one of the first things she told me was how Vangelis Hoca had helped her a lot when she contacted him for the first time, asking for some suggestions and contacts uh, for an organ uh, for an for an event. And uh, she remembers how helpful and how kind he was, even from a simple uh, contact with him, just like many of us. When I think of Vangelis Kehriotis, one of the first words that come to my mind is the word Vefa. Vefa, faithfulness, being true to one's word. When he learned that I was part of a theater group, he asked me to share the dates and hours with him, and we had had a few contacts before, and to be honest, I didn't think that they would really come. People are understandably busy, and it is difficult to arrange dates, hours. Yet, he and Jada were in my play that week. I felt honored and very happy when I saw that they came. Then he continued to follow the news of my theater and he and Jada continued to come to the place. It is not that they came only, it is that they had Vefa. It was important to me and I felt so delighted that I could have shared this aspect of my life, the theater that I love so much with him and dearest Jada. I cannot thank them enough for their encouraging comments and their simple and true existence. Luckily, I found the chance to talk more this year with Vangelis as he was a fellow at RCAC and that I was working there. Whenever we asked for assistance with Buket Joshkunar about organizing a conference or something else, he was there to help us eagerly. I will never forget the trip that we made all together with the fellows to Halki and despite his sickness, how he gave almost a whole day long vivid seminar walking around about so many different aspects of this particular history of the place. We were in the theological school in a classroom and he was in front of the blackboard uh, telling one by one with a gentle voice with great detail and great comprehension uh, the touching and rather unknown story of the theological school and i uh, sitting on the same bench with rana uh, and jada taking photographs 
listening to Vangelis Soja in a very important place, very historical place with the fellow fellows, I felt very glad. Just like his colleague from the University of Athens, Vangelis Karamonolakis, wrote, it was obvious that he loved history because he loved people. That's why I feel I'm still learning from him. I'm learning from the very concrete connection he established between science, politics, and the struggle for the dignity of human beings. I really feel glad. I and my husband, Fatih Artvinni, would like to send our condolences to you all. Thank you once more for giving people like us far away at the moment the opportunity to say goodbye to him and to give our condolences to his blood ones, especially to his family, especially to Jada and Rana. Thank you very much. I believe one day the beloved ones will find each other again. I truly believe in this. The three photos I am sending are from that day in Halki. Thank you. Goodbye.